What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you are not already subscribed, make sure that you are subscribed to this channel. Uh, if you or a loved one needs help with getting sober, you can contact my direct line is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. Um, how is everybody doing? It has been an absolutely beautiful uh, week slash weekend here in the Northeast. Uh, it's been it's been tremendous. Um, something that's on my mind today is uh, talking about limiting the risk of relapse, um, identifying certain situations, and uh, and coming up with the risk re- reward of doing certain things, hanging out with certain people, going to certain events, um, and this really just depends on where you are. At in your recovery, um, obviously, when you, when you first get sober, you're a lot more vulnerable to certain situations. You just don't have the tools yet. You just don't have the strength um, and the foresight when you have a little bit more time and you have a little bit more experience. And um, you know, so I'm going to give you some things to think about. Whether you have a year, whether you have uh, 10 years or whether you have 10 days, or it really doesn't matter. But there, there's, I'm going to give you a few different things to think about of limiting the risk of relapse. Um, I think the first thing that you have to think about um, is what is the risk reward of going to an event or hanging out with this certain friend group um, or participating in this uh, thing and, and this could be going to a wedding. This could be hanging out with friends that you used to get high with. This can be um, going to a reunion where where people are going to be u- using uh, even a family reunion can be a trigger for some people. So um, there's a bunch of different scenarios that you really just need to be careful about, particularly uh, particularly when you're first getting clean. Like I said earlier, man, you're very, I was very vulnerable when I was first getting clean. I remember, um, and it, and it can surprise you too. I was, I want to say six months clean. Um, when I went to my, my first wedding, when I was sober and I thought I was, I thought I was well prepared. You know what I mean? I was in a good place mentally, um, really wasn't struggling to, to stay sober because I was very, very much so in my routine. I was very structured. I was going to meetings every day. I was talking with people every single day. Um, you know, I was being honest with my mom. I was living with my mom. I was in a safe environment. You know, I was doing pretty well. And I thought I could handle going to this wedding. And I, and I did. I mean, I did, I did fine. But I think, it, I think it stirred a little bit more in me than I was anticipating. And... Um, just being in that environment. And, and this is the thing too. It was a wedding where it wasn't full of like, you know, raging alcoholics or people that I used to use with or, or drink or get high with or anything like that. You know, matter of fact, it was people that really cared about me and knew, um, knew about my journey. Um, I was surrounded by people that wanted to see me do well. So it wasn't even like an environment like that, you know what I'm saying? Where it would be extremely triggering. What was triggering was knowing that there was an open bar, knowing that, um, I could have a drink 
and no one would really know. You know, like the, the noise was kind of playing in the back of my head. And um, and being in that environment, seeing other people drinking and having a good time, it just kind of stirred those thoughts and stirred those emotions in me. Even though I wasn't in a bad place, I wasn't surrounded by um, people that were specifically triggering to me. Um, it kind of just caught me off guard. You know, I remember I, I came up with it. I did come up with a game plan before I went, though. I did say, you know, I I, I had a sponsor, um, my, you know, my mother, who is also sober. She knew where I was at, what I was doing. And um, I knew I was going back, obviously, to, to my place at the end of the night. And she was going to be picking me up. And so I did have a game plan. And um, I tell you what, man, I was kind of gritting my teeth through through a, a, a solid chunk of that time, you know, especially on the later ends of the of the uh, the after hours of the wedding, you know, and after the reception and everything. Um, you know, I did. I had some cravings. I had some urges to kind of have some fun. And I remember smoking like half a pack of cigarettes and, and you know, probably a few hours. And um, it just caused a little bit more stress than I think I was anticipating. And here's the thing, right? Like drugs were mostly my thing. So it wasn't even so much where I was a, a, a huge alcoholic and um, and I was in the middle of my uh, drug of choice. You know what I'm saying? It kind of messed with my head thinking that, yeah, well, a couple of drinks here and there wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, where I did go wrong was I did not call my sponsor. Um, I... I wasn't ever really close to drinking, but it, but again, it did kind of mess with my thoughts and I didn't really put myself in a position to win because I didn't. Um, and what I mean by that is I didn't act on what I knew I should be doing. I knew I should have probably called my sponsor. I probably should have called my mom and I probably should have gotten picked up a couple hours earlier than what I did, you know, but I, I wanted to kind of battle, battle it out and prove to myself that I could handle it. Here's the problem with, that thought. What is the best case scenario of proving to yourself that you can um, grit your teeth through a situation? There's no, there's no fun in that. The best case scenario is that you don't use anyway. You know, so there's really you got nothing to prove. You're not proving to yourself. Um, you're not doing yourself any favors when you stay in a spot that isn't healthy for you. You know, this is where the awareness comes in, and I and I think. That's the difference of uh, someone who has a little bit of experience in recovery compared to somebody who doesn't have experiences is if you continue doing the right thing, you start to realize, I don't want to put myself in these fucked up spots because it does nothing good for me and I'm not going to enjoy my time anyway. At the end of the day, you know, I, I, you get sober to enjoy your time, to, to have some peace of mind and to uh, and to be in a position where you don't have to be in, in bad spots in life, you know? So you have to kind of do the math and um, you really have to, you have to think about what is the risk reward reward of an event or going to a place or, or spending time with a certain individual. Um, and, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. You really got to pay attention to your intuition. If you know that you're going to be, you're thinking about spending time with an old friend 
or a friend group and you guys didn't necessarily do the most um, healthy things and you're not trying to live in that lifestyle anymore, you got to ask yourself, why are you putting yourself in that spot? You know, the, the, the second thing you need to be thinking about is why, you know, why tempt yourself? Why put yourself in a, in a vulnerable place where you can, where you can end up going back to doing things that you're trying to stay away from, you know? Um, if you put yourself in a bad position, what is the best case scenario? The best case scenario is that you don't pick up, that you don't relapse. What is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is that you do relapse and you end up down and you end up going spiraling down that um, spiraling downward. And the problem is, is once you pick up, once I pick up, once I start using again, I have no idea where it's going to end up. You know, so it starts with hanging out with a friend, right? And and you uh, you use one time. Well, you don't know where that one time is going to lead to. And that's how I look at it. That one time could end up leading to my last time. You know, the the nature of addiction is that you don't have control, even though you tell yourself that you do and you think that you do when you're in it or um, you want to believe that you can gain, regain control. The truth for me, I don't know about you, but I know for me, once I start, it's a wrap. It is over. I mean, the first one is a choice, but after that, everything else is guaranteed. The 10th one's guaranteed. The 20th one is guaranteed. And um, basically, it doesn't stop until I either run out of resources or I pass out. That is pretty much the story for me. You know, so what is the best case scenario? Again, leading back to to the second thing you should really should be thinking about is what is the best case scenario of putting yourself in this position? You know, if you want to hang out with your old friend, you, you come up with this story. Oh, we were, you know, we used to be best friends. I haven't seen them in a the month or two, three, four months or a year. And I just want to kick it and, and, uh, and see how they're doing. Well, remember, man, it, addiction will fuck with your mindset a little bit and pull you into old behaviors that isn't necessarily recognizable as putting yourself in a bad spot at first. Like it can be camouflaged with good intent. That's what makes addiction very tricky. We put ourselves sometimes in positions that when you look back, you're like, damn, why did I do that? That was so obvious. You know, I should not have been in that spot. And uh, until afterwards when you're like, okay, well, I I, I clearly dropped the ball here and I shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. So before you before you do these things, before you go out with people or you go to certain events, you need to ask yourself, what is the best case scenario of this outcome? What is my outcome? What am I really trying to get from this um, from this event? whether it be a wedding or whether it be seeing an old friend, like if you're going to see an old friend that you used to get high with, what is the best case scenario? <laughs> what are you really trying to get out of that? You're trying to get away from hanging out with toxic people. So if I'm going to go see an old best friend that I might miss and I might love from a distance, but I, but I know seeing them they're they're they haven't changed and, and it's a toxic person. What, it, what is your, what is your outcome? Do you really just want to see them one time and, and then 
and then that's it. You don't see them again for another few months or or a year. Or or what if you start hanging out with them little by little again? That too will suck you back into that old lifestyle. Or is your best case scenario that you're going to see them one time? You're going to realize that it that they're not healthy for you, and it's going to remain what it's been. You know, you have to do the math. You really have to listen to your gut. Is hanging out with certain people going to be a wise investment of your time? Remember, these two things are the most important things in your life. At least to me personally, the two most important things to me is my time and my peace of mind. Those are the two most important things to myself. That I cannot, I cannot waste either of those. I cannot waste my peace of mind and I cannot waste my time. They are the two most valuable assets to me. So am I investing my time wisely by hanging out with certain people? And if the answer is no, if it's not a wise investment, then why the fuck are you going to put yourself in that spot? Think about it from an outside perspective, you know, remove your emotions and your feelings from it for just a second and think about it as an investment. Is this smart for me or not? Um, and, uh, and the third thing, if you come to the conclusion that you are going to go to an event, you, you find out that the risk reward is worth it. Um, you, and then, and then you find out that that, you know, it's, it's okay to go and you trust your gut instincts that this is an all right thing to do, then you got to have a game plan. You know, remember this, this topic is about limiting the risk of relapse, limiting the risk of putting yourself in a bad spot. So you got to go through this little checklist. You know, the first thing is what's the risk reward of this event? What is, what am I trying to, what am I trying to do here by, by, is this a smart choice for me to even be thinking about? And then two, are you tempting yourself? Why tempt yourself? The best case scenario is you don't relapse in a bad situation. But if but if you trust your gut instincts that you're not putting yourself in a bad spot, then three, the third thing is you gotta always have a game plan. You gotta have um you gotta have excuses, you gotta let people know what you're doing. If you still think that there is an outside chance that it might not be the best situation for you. You got to have some type of game plan set so you're not stuck in a vulnerable spot. You know, for instance, uh, for, for instance, for, uh, for instance, if you're going to, you're, you're going to be going to a Halloween party or whatever. And, uh, and you feel like, you know what, it is worth going because I think I'm, I'm going to have a good time. And, uh, and I don't, I don't, want to drink. I don't want to get high or anything like that. I just want to have a good time. I want to go to this party and I'm going to be, um, with people that are good for me, not people, not people that are toxic or not people that I, that I was getting high with. And I trust my gut instincts and I feel like this is okay. Then the third thing to do is you still have to make a game plan. You still have to make a game plan. You got to have excuses to get out of there. You know, if people are going to be offering you drinks or offering you drugs, just in case it is there, what are you going to say? The last thing that you want to rely on is thinking on the fly and and not being prepared. You have to be prepared for these things. You know, you you got to say, um, no, I'm I'm driving. You know, and that's a part of the game plan too. Is bring your own car. First off, always bring your own car. 
Make sure that you're not trapped or you're stuck in a situation. Make sure that you bring your own car and you can get the hell out of there. So you're not stuck in a spot for multiple hours at a time. And you are in a vulnerable spot. You know, if you're really battling and you have urges to use, you want to be able to get out of there if you can. You don't want to be stuck in a spot where you kind of have to grit your teeth and, and um, go through it, you know, with with, with those uh you know, with those bad thoughts and, and struggling to stay sober, it's literally, it's like the worst, it's not fun. It's, it sucks. It's not fun being in those spots. Um, so you want to make sure you have your own vehicle. You want to have excuses ready. Say whatever the fuck you gotta say, say, Nope, I'm driving. Um, the designated driver, uh, I'm, I'm on medication that I can't drink on. Um, you could always say some, something funny. Like I always, um, I, I mean, usually I don't care. Like I'll, I'll tell people I'm sober. Most people know I'm sober anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really bother me, but if you feel funny about telling people that you're sober and you're a little bit anxious or worried and you don't want to let people know that you're in recovery, then you know, you can, you can make people laugh and say, oh, you know, I'm, um, I can't, I'm allergic. I break out in handcuffs when I drink, you know, I usually get to chuckle out of people and shit. And, and I, to be honest with you, most people really don't usually don't care. And if you're going to an environment where people are going to be pressuring you to drink, then you're probably, you're definitely in the wrong spot, you know, but, but just have some type of excuse ready. I'm on medication. I'm on a diet. I'm watching what I'm what I'm eating, or I'm watching what I'm putting in my body. I'm trying to lose weight. Whatever the case may be, you got to come up with some excuses just so you're not caught off guard. Um, or you can just be honest, like like me. I, I just say, yeah, I, I'm I'm sober. I'm in recovery. I don't drink. Or oh, no, I'm good, man. And and usually people respect that. It's usually not a big, usually it's not a big thing. Um, also. You, another part of having a game plan is letting people know where you're at. Hopefully, maybe you have a sponsor, you have a recovery coach, or you have um, family members who are obviously aware that you're in recovery. You want to let these people know what you're doing, where you're going, what the situation is. If you're really in a bad spot, like even have a code word or some shit. You know, I know people that have had this, that have done this. Where if you call a parent or a best friend or something like that, and for some reason you're in a spot where you can't really talk, but you want to get through that you're not having a good time, obviously you can text them on the side. Or if you're on a phone call with them, you have like a code word to let them know that you're that something something's up, and uh, and and you can get out of there. But like I said, you just you have to have some type of game plan. You do not want to go into a situation where you're going to be struggling or potentially in a vulnerable spot. Um, you know, and these are some things that is very important to think about. This is about, uh, think about it, man. When you are first getting sober, you cannot always be trusting your own. You, you can't be trusting your own mind. Our mind is kind of what got us to this place to begin with. Our mindset is not the healthiest when we are first getting clean and even well into sobriety. You know what I'm saying? It's a constant, um, it's a constant journey. You're constantly doing work. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly doing work on myself. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to 
the more people that are aware of what's going on with you and, and what you're doing, even though it's ego deflating, which is a good thing, um, it's going to help you. You know, you have to continue to put yourself in a position to win. So this is about risking the um, uh, uh, limiting the risk of relapse. And uh, it's very important. Always important to have a relapse prevention uh, plan. And, you know, if if you ask yourself, is this worth it? And your gut is telling you not to do something. Trust that there is nothing wrong with playing it safe and uh, and not putting yourself in a, in a potentially bad spot because uh, um, it, it ain't fun anyway. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to miss out on an event. And then you and then you get there and you, and you realize, oh, shit, I was much better just staying at home anyway or hanging out with family or hanging out with one of my good friends or going to a meeting or whatever. You know, sometimes we can romanticize things and make something out to be something that it isn't happens all the time. So that's what I got for you guys today. Um, if you or a loved one needs help getting sober, again, you can contact my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, that's 203-917-8862. I have uh, resources for rehab, um, recovery coaching, programs, meetings lists, whatever the case may be. So give me a shout anytime. Uh, I hope you guys have a tremendous day and I will see you guys on the next one.